0: <clears throat> Why we get Schwesti.
1: Hello and welcome to the show. This is Why We Get Schwasti, and I'm Fergus Allen. I'm joined by my good friends Felipe Franco. Hello. And Ronan Jennings.
0: No oh, howdy.
1: How are you all doing this week?
2: Good, good, good. Very good. Doing <clears throat> came
0: Yeah?
2: I I was I was tempted to say I'm furious just to start this off with a bang. Um, but I I I can't build up those kind of emotions anymore.
1: I think, yeah. Um I'm physically incapable of feeling anything more than apathy these days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, we've been up to anything interesting. Uh, I I know I have today. I woke up and I I went to my kitchen, mm. and then then I sat on my couch for a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I watched a bit of TV. Yesterday. Holy shit! You went outside. Yeah, outside your home.
0: I, I I kind of forgot on the way out of the out of the door, but I I figured it out.
1: That's exciting! Mm-hmm. I'm glad you made it back in. Shall we? Uh, Move on to today's big topic. Yes, Ronan, yeah. I believe you have something prepared for us.
0: Got yeah. something different today, right? Yeah, something. Yeah, you know, we've, we've done a few different.
2: weeks of uh, of hobby drama, but now we're going to mix it up. Mm. We're going to be talking about memes. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's, I always feel like such a boomer when I say the word memes.
2: I know, because for, for so many years, it was like around like, I don't know, 2007 to 2013. It was a word I read on the computer, but would never, ever, ever have reason to say out loud. And I remember the first time I heard someone say the word meme, and I was like, oh, <laughs> well, <yeah, it> <laughs> what,
0: what are you saying? That, that, that word's not for you, it's for people on the magic box. It was the first few months where people were like, no, it's actually pronounced Mem. Or memes, (laughs) and I think we all unanimously kind of decided no.
1: It's memes. it's it's
0: memes. (laughs) If if I said the word meme to you guys, uh, what what would that mean to you? What what would that meme to you? Mm. Mm. Well, I'll probably Um, start with topical stuff, things that are relevant now, because they're ever changing. That's the beauty of memes. So we can never, as long as there is life there will be memes Um, because we like (laughs) to laugh at the world I think in a perfect world funnily enough there would be no memes or unfunnily enough Um, but because memes just kind of make fun of stuff and reflect society I would have to go back Um, so I'll start off with the current stuff and then I'll when if you ask me to explain what it means to me then i'd go all the way back to like the first like 5 to 10 uh just early memes that were around in that first year on the internet um, <laughs> that that first year 1 ad <laughs> well i know i know satire and, and jokes have been passed around the internet before but but when when they became known as memes, when it, w- what year would that have been? Yeah, what do you think? Because I have an answer here. See, I'm thinking 2007, like... 2007,
1: 2006.
0: No, I'm thinking um, later for me because I, I don't remember them getting big and popular until like 2013.
1: I don't know, because I think... I didn't really start using the internet until like... I mean, obviously I used the internet, but I didn't start like actually... Going on places like Reddit or, or back in the day, fucking nine gag or um, know your meme until like 2011 or something.
2: Mm. So I, I spend a lot of lot of time on know your meme today doing my research for this.
0: It's still, <laughs> still around, I've been isn't it? There yeah. in about five so, years. So what? So if they existed, so if going off me thinking it was 2013, is that just me now realizing? I'm talking about kind of the jump from underground memology and it surfacing to becoming like mainstream. Uh,
2: yeah, I think so. Because memes as as we know them uh, have been around since kind of the first days of the internet. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but the word meme coined oh, in yeah. 1976. Richard Dawkins, no? By Richard Dawkins, yes. Under the show friend of the the show show, who we mentioned in episode one uh yeah so he he describes it as as a cultural item that is transmitted by repetition and replication in a manner analogous to biological transmission of genes it's a
1: cultural gene isn't it
2: the dna of the soul
1: the dna of the soul i mean i don't know say what you will about memes but this world. All its people, they're diseased. Free will is a myth. Religion is a joke. We're all pawns, controlled by something greater. Memes, the DNA of the soul. They shape our will. They are our culture. They are everything we pass on.
0: Do you have, in your research that you've done, do you have like the Mm -hmm. names of like the classic old memes? Like next to. Um, or like, do you know them?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've got, a, I've got, I've got a few here throughout all of time uh, okay. that have been identified.
1: One I always think about when I think about like early memes is uh, is that socially awkward penguin. Mm. I really felt for that guy.
2: Yeah, because because that was a whole period where it was where memes were almost exclusively just those advice animals things. Yes, advice we, animals. That's what they're called. Yeah, or it was, it was a different a-, a different animal, and it represented a different. A different thing, like, being socially awkward. But not just animals.
1: Like, there was... Oh, yeah. There was, like, Bad Luck <laughs> Brian. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: there was a troll face. First-generation first, first generation mainstream memes are are things like... All your base uh, are belong to us. Yeah, well, that's going into the, into the deep lore, I think, there. That's the early <laughs> stuff. Along with, um, you're the man now, dog... What? <laughs> yeah, well, it, 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 that, that's like that one. The, uh, the early stuff. There's a, a, a quote from a um, Sean Connery film. Um, I can't remember <laughs> which film it is. Uh, yes. But yeah, this there's a bit where he wants to encourage someone. And he goes, "Ah, you're the man now, dog. And that became the first meme. And oh. you're the man now, dog.com was... That's, it was a where everyone was like posting and sharing and stuff. I
1: don't know why that's not what I imagined when you said that. Like it was a Sean Connery film. I was like, what is the Sean Connery film where like he swaps bodies with a dog?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so w- what day would you give that jump then? In, underground into mainstream? 2007, I'd say. Really? Like, that, Charlie, uh, Charlie the Unicorn
2: kind of time.
1: Oh, Charlie. Charlie the Unicorn.
2: This so, is, um, um, like, Numa Numa, Chocolate Rain. Oh, uh,
1: I remember, I think, as, like, an 11-year-old, just listening to the... Not listening, like, watching the Numa Numa Elder Scrolls Oblivion edit. <laughs> like, hundreds of times every night for a while. I remember that era, because it was when I'd... Like, I didn't have a Reddit account yet, but I'd still go on Reddit and I'd just go on r/slash rage comics and open like 50 tabs and just read them all and have a good <laughs> yeah. old chuckle.
2: Yeah. You disgust me.
1: Uh, I was, I, I've, got, I've got a big list. I, I was 15, of- sir. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I've got a big list of, of memes here from uh, dating from 12,000 BC. Uh- <laughs> 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 to To the first uses of of memes um, in <laughs> uh, on on the internet, um, and then being referred to at the time as internet memes, and the first ones that I can see here, uh, they're all about like says,
1: inventing bread and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a just uh, the sour, sourdough startup. <laughs> start-up. No, slice <laughs> <laughs> um, but the first one I can see that is like uh, a joke on the internet that's being referred to as a meme by people at the time mm-hmm. is 1998, the dancing baby. Right. Remember the dancing baby, like the the awful CGI baby. Yes. Doing a little.
0: Yeah.
1: The dancing baby. So I've seen yeah, these yeah, memes. I guess
0: I never knew that they were that old because they just mm, yeah. they would just resurface at random.
2: Yeah, that that was that was actually made um, as a CGI technical showcase by Kinetics Character Studio to show <laughs> off how good their CGI was.
1: <laughs> I have it's like seen a this baby. Looking baby. I have seen this baby. I didn't know it was so old. I thought it was like a very modern ship post.
2: Oh no, no, yeah. that's the, yeah. the old ship post. Okay, so so going through here. Um, the, uh, I've got two ancient, ancient memes. Uh, one of which is just the concept of folklore, right. which I feel like is a bit of a cop-out. Because <laughs> 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 um, oh. I guess that fits the definition of it's something that's created and then shared and then you, you, you create it and then your friend takes it and takes that concept and adjusts it for their own thing. Yeah. And that's how stories are told and spread yeah. throughout. Uh, but that's... It's a bit a bit rubbish, Um, but drawing dicks. (laughs) Really? Does that count as a meme? Yeah, I'd I'd say so. It's a it's a kind of recurring, recurring symbol that's funny that people do as a joke and they share the the idea of drawing a dick. The the gangster. Yes, that's here. That's that's on the list. (laughs) You're jumping ahead here. We're we're going through time. That's like. That's some 2002 stuff. We're in
0: 12,000 BC. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So going by this, what would you, what's the definition of a meme then? Uh, So, yes,
2: so that's what I said at the beginning, uh, that it's a a cultural item that is transmitted by repetition and replication.
0: Okay. So Um, so. what people think of as just memes is really they're thinking only of internet-based memes, whereas Mm -hmm. memes have existed way before then. Like, realistically,
1: all of culture could be considered a meme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We fucking joke. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, But I I was thinking earlier that um, jokes, as as we know them, like a knock-knock joke, if you compare that to a modern meme, where um, someone says, knock-knock, and you instantly know, you recognize the format, you recognize the structure, you know how it's going to go, you just know this person has put in their own punchline to it.
1: Yeah, but then it gets ruined by that one asshole who you go knock knock and they go, Hello.
2: Or <laughs> uh-huh. well, yeah. Okay. But if you compare, compare that to seeing a meme like the, the the one, uh why is that? It's it always has been. Where like you, you, you see it and you recognize the structure, you recognize the format, you know what the vague style of joke is gonna be. The person just
0: inserts their own. But you but it, of it doesn't have to be a joke by the definition. Yes. Um because the S isn't a joke, unless it's ironic. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's the thing. <laughs> Which it better be now. We're in 2021. <laughs> I only want ironic ones. <laughs> we passed this.
2: <laughs> but, because like Fergus said, all of society is a joke.
0: Um, mm, this is interesting. Uh, all of society is a meme. Because um, going we... off that, wouldn't um, rock, paper, scissors be like a meme? Whoa. Or no. I guess so.
2: Because you can add your lang- own language own would be a shit meme.
0: to it. Hmm? Language would be a meme. Language, yeah. So I feel the like.
2: of arithmetic.
0: I feel like memes are almost exclusively supposed to be funny, right? In one way <laughs> or another. So yeah, that we, sounds like a good way wouldn't to that be, memes, Wouldn't yeah. that be part of the definition then? I'd say so. Even if it's not a joke, it's trying to point something, it's trying to be funny in some way. So Mm -hmm. I would agree, you know, a a carving of a a dick in some cave, like you said, would be a meme. (laughs) But a (laughs) non-ironic S thinking you're super cool and spelling the S like that would only be a meme. Okay, this is... Okay, we're getting super meta now. (laughs) Oh, he's getting into it now. Because... (laughs) In the moment, when you're making the S, say you're, you're, you're drawing it, all right, and you think you're super cool and you're drawing that weird S, and in the moment, it's not ironic. It's not a meme. But um, 20 years later, when you look back at yourself, thinking about that time, you laugh at yourself. So then it becomes a meme,
2: Right, but it's the laughing at yourself that makes it a meme.
0: Exactly. So So that's like
2: Rick Astley when he when he made that song when he made um, Never Gonna Give You Up. Exactly.
0: He wasn't creating a meme, but but in a way he was. But it only becomes a meme over time. S itself isn't the meme; it's you uh, laughing at yourself with embarrassment with the S is
2: Mm, what becomes the meme for yourself. That is the meme. I see. Been
1: trying to draw this fucking S for the past five minutes.
2: <laughs> I've, I've been wondering why you were so silent.
1: <laughs> I think I got it. I got it finally. But yes, oh goodness, nice. Many failed attempts.
2: <laughs> can um, we think of th- any th- other things that have Yeah, well, I've got an interesting one here. Um, if I can be boring and go from the list, mm. uh, this one uh, simply called Kilroy was here. Um, which I didn't know what it was talking about until I clicked it and saw there was a picture of, um, say, if you imagine a, a drawing of a man peering over a wall, where it's just a straight line, and you can see his hands, and then his nose is like massive, massive gherkin nose flopping over top, and he's got big eyes.
1: You sure it's nice? his <laughs> nose?
2: Well, I think that, that I think that's part of the joke.
1: Oh, okay, right. funny, clever.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, does that does that sound? at all familiar to you guys? Uh, no, no. No, but I know the oh,
1: situation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, just flopping over.
1: Mm-hmm. Kilroy is here. I see so, Fergus's so, name.
2: yeah, Kilroy was here. So, <laughs> so um, this is a two-part thing. So this was kind of entering the realms of what we identify as a meme nowadays, where it's a picture and a caption, where it was that, that image of the man with the big droopy nose and the words, Kilroy was here.
0: Uh, which went viral during World War II. Oh wow. <laughs> um, I suppose yeah. It was yeah. in a newspaper.
2: Yeah, well that that sounds that, that that sounds right. That's what I can I can see it in my mind's eye in a newspaper as a little cartoon. Uh but Kilroy, so his his origins are unknown. Um uh people think it might have been after a US shipyard inspector named Mr. Kilroy. Um Uh, But the best sentence here on this article, which is from (laughs) (laughs) weirdlydictionary.com. It says, the drawing might be based on a British cartoon named Mr. Chad. When the Americans (laughs) met the British, Mr. Chad met Mr. Kilroy. (laughs) 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 It's it's like the the 1940s version of... uh, Chad guy meets Virgin guy. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Chad met Mr. Kilroy. <laughs> uh, but then it said that uh, so they that that happened when they met when the US troops came over to the UK. Uh, but then when they invaded Europe, it just spread with them and they would just draw it on every battlefield and every bunker everywhere. So it just kind of went oh, everywhere lovely. in the 1940s. Oh. Dumb. That's cool. I wonder if there's um if
0: there's a Kilroy in the Reichstag.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at the moment we've got kind of like a triangle of what it needs to be to be a meme, and that's recurrence, some form of comedy, and mm-hmm. a reflection or a satire of some sort of uh something in in in, in life in society. Yeah, it seems so. And without one of them, it wouldn't be a meme anymore, would it? Yeah, I think because then it would just become a joke or a reference. or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then the question
1: is, are jokes and references a subset of memes? As in wider cultural memes?
0: I would say it's the other way around. I would say a meme is a type of joke.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of Mm. our pal Richard Dawkins and his definition of it. Um, as a but memes can grow
0: gene. bigger. That's the thing. They can be bigger than what they started as.
2: Yeah. And not every joke needs to be recurring. So, why did the chicken cross the road is a recurring thing that we recognize. But someone could just say a one off joke. And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily a
1: meme. Mm. Just on that topic, actually, why did the chicken cross the road um, as a know. joke? Yeah. No, it's one of the eternal philosophical questions. But mm-hmm. is the original version of that joke just like, to get to the other side.
0: I guess so.
2: Yeah, that's the only one I a shit! of.
0: What a shit joke. Was was it the first anti-joke? Yeah, it sounds like an anti-joke. It's like, you're expecting more, but you get less. And that's why it's kind of weirdly funny.
1: Why did the chicken cross the road? I I guess I'm just getting too caught up on wanting answers.
0: (laughs) You you used to do a joke like that, didn't you, folks? It was like a really long story. Oh, the clown joke.
1: Oh, the clowns, uh, yeah. That and then it was like, like a... an
0: anti-climb, wasn't it? An anti-joke, an anti-punchline kind of thing. It I was, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, I, I read that on Reddit and it's like, I don't know, have you ever heard of like the aristocrats joke where no. it's just like different comedians have their different takes on it where they just tell this like story of like this family going into like get therapy or something and just doing like horrible shit to each other. And like everyone like riffs and adds their own versions, so like just like really nasty shit, like whatever they can come up with. And then the end of the joke is just like the story itself is the joke basically mm. um because the the punchline is like oh and their names were the aristocrats or something like that so like the clown joke is very much like a similar idea of like lots of people have their own versions of it and then and then it just ends with the same like um anticlimactic punchline Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't told the clown joke in ages. I got to figure <laughs> out. Well, what... I,
2: I think we still we still have about an hour left on the podcast. You might be able to fit it in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the that's the best part about it, though. Like I used to love telling it on like bus journeys and stuff. Like, um, I got to figure out how twenty twenty one Fergus tells the clown joke.
2: Ooh.
1: Maybe one of these days on the pod. Um,
2: I've got one final, final thing here at the very end of the list. Where we're coming up to the the late years of 1997, uh, with the classic meme "Mr T ate my balls," <laughs> 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 uh, which I'd never heard of. But doing some digging into it, it looks like it is it it is a meme as we know it today. Uh, so so the story is, um. Nahel Patel, who's the creator of the meme, uh, which is weird we don't usually have a single person to track down as the creator of a meme these days, Uh, but this guy, Nahel Patel, uh, he was at the University (laughs) of Illinois uh, and uh, the exit sign of his dorm room was removed by a vandal and replaced with the mysterious words, Mr. T ate my balls. (laughs) And so from there and everyone in the dorm and on the whole campus loved it thought it was the funniest thing and just started producing content of various descriptions that just revolved around uh, Mr. T liking to eat balls like, Damn the- them balls is good <laughs> <laughs> I pity the fool who don't like balls <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we should work our way through the timeline of memes, I think that'll be great. If we start, if if we do it from the start, from like um, the internet, the start of the internet memes, mm-hmm. and then work our way through to to today, there's a lot because we can go into niche memes, spin off of you know, uh, spin off groups. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it'll, it'll get more and more dense as we get closer
2: to the modern day because I feel like, well, we covered 12,000 BC to 1998 in one episode. Yeah. Is, is this our <laughs> new I segment? I feel like the next episode will be, maybe, maybe this is it. Well, this is our, next, our new segment for the next. Until next we bit. run out. Yeah. But the
0: thing is, we will never run out of memes. That's the thing. Oh, that's the beauty of it. This is yeah, our new segment, one. Memology. 2002
2: to 2009 and then... Mm -hmm. It'll get shorter and shorter, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I think this could be, like, our main discussion topic for a
2: while.
1: As we all know, the universe was created in 1977 with the release of the first Star Wars film. Here's our Wikipedia concept of the week. So, this is something... um, that we've been meaning to bring up for a while on the podcast Mm -hmm. um, something um, of deep importance to us um, and that is of course uh, jizz Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, which uh, as we all know is a popular genre of music Um, it's it's what jazz is called in the Star Wars universe um (laughs)
0: That isn't a lie, we're not making this up.
1: This is 100% true. Um, jizz, okay, so I did, some, I did a deep dive into Jizz uh, over, <laughs> over the past week um, to prepare myself for, for this. Um, so I've Just got as, some as notes well here. as everything
2: you were doing for the podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I've got some notes here, um, all pertinent um, to the topic of Jizz. And I think they're worth sharing. So I'm just gonna dive into it, and you guys interject along the way uh, with your own thoughts and opinions on on what I'm about to regale you with. Um, All right, so, I'm so to. yeah, um, I mean, popular genre of music within Star Wars, Max Rebo and his band, friend of the show, friend of the show. They were they they were known for it. Um, yeah. when the band was still together before um, tragedy struck. Obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. real shame. Um, practitioners of the music uh, were called jizz whalers. Um, pretty sure that's what Moby Dick's about, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Ah, uh, clever.
2: Oh, it's well clever.
1: So yeah, uh, there's a few articles on on Wikipedia about jazz um, and its various subgenres, including including um, Jizz whale, which is a subgenre as well as the name of the people who play.
2: Oh, uh, so you can be a jizz whaler but who, who plays jizz? Whale. Necessarily perform jizz whale. You can be a yes. jizz whaler who performs jizz or jizz whale.
1: Yeah, um, I believe so. Uh, I'm going to just, just do a quick rundown of the various subgenres of jizz. So right. there's jizz whale, which, mm-hmm. uh, according to Wikipedia, has an unknown relationship with jizz. Don't know when the split happened but it did the at schism. some point, the schism, the the jism. Uh, there is Orbade, baddie. I think. I don't know how to describe obadi. it. Obadi. H- how to pronounce
2: it. <laughs> <Obadi>. <laughs> um, as, which As for the jizz whalers who are really popular on Instagram. Or <laughs> the, the visco jizz whalers. Obadi. Oh, Obadi.
1: Obadi jizz um that's different that's different to to mainstream jizz though because it's usually played in the morning um and it depicts daybreak <laughs> uh and romantic <laughs> scenes taking place at daybreak
0: where are you um, reading this
1: <laughs> this this is on uh uh <laughs> on the legends tab of jizz on the wikipedia um the page there's there's lots oh, going um, on there i'll get yes. into it um just this is the subgenre uh section uh, so there's also Glitz which is a progressive offshoot behave, of <laughs> Jizz um, <laughs> well,
0: my
1: favourite my favourite I think is jats.
0: oh Jatz Jizz Jatz sounds yeah it's it's
1: It's uh, reminiscent but distinct from Jizz, and around uh, it's also not as popular uh, in in the current Star Wars canon because around the time the Clone Wars rocked up, it was considered, and this is the exact phrase they use on the Wikipedia page: Jats was considered Turgid by the time of the Clone Wars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, lots of lots of. The youths would gather in clubs on Coruscant and take their death sticks and just just
2: <laughs> just jizz out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lux Bonteri, he'd be, he'd be into that. He was a he was a youth in the Clone Wars. Lux Bonteri, is he? Lux is he death stick boy? Oh no, that's Sleazy Begano. Come on, <laughs> how can you forget Sleazy Begano? <laughs>
0: It's still the greatest name we've, we've come across, I think. <laughs> <Easiest again. laughs> I guitar. think that, that with Big String.
2: The, uh, big String and, and, and Sleazy Begano. And <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about he's got an offhanded mention. Do you think was into jizz?
1: Oh, <laughs> I think if you were young and hip and alive in the Clone Wars, you were into Jizz, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh. so yeah, those are those are some of the subgenres of Jizz. Um, okay. Again, listeners, this is a hundred percent real on the Star Wars canon. Like, it's on Wikipedia. This is something that somebody wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and I thank them every day for it.
2: On, on, the, on the note of us being entirely serious, I just for the sake of anyone who doesn't, who doesn't believe us, um, I'm reading here that the Jizz was first mentioned in canon in the Return of the Jedi novelization by Ryder Wyndham. Uh, yes. So that's-
1: um, some interesting etymology questions there. Um, because Jizz, as, um, as we know it in the common parlance today... Um, is a fairly re- like recent development, um, which begs the question as to whether or not uh, this writer I forget his name. Writer uh, Reiner Wyndham is is that the nineteen eighty three novelization or the twenty seventeen?
2: Oh no, this was twenty seventeen.
1: Okay, so that's when Jiz was first made canon. Right, um,
0: but uh, but recent.
1: Yeah. um... Somewhat questionable, um, but it was first mentioned in the 1983 novelization Ah, right, of the, the Jedi. Um, okay, which predates the word coming into the common lexicon by at least seven years. So I did some research into this. Um, jizz, as in jizz in my pants, like the song.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the lonely on, island,
1: going off here. Lonely Island, yep. Okay. Uh, that has its origin in the word jism, which uh, has been used to refer to, you know, uh, since at least 1888. Prior to that, oh, wow. it originally meant energy um, mm-hmm. wow. from 1842 onwards. It has the same root origin as the word jazz. So
2: <laughs> Really? Really? <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, so they realistically in writing this in 1983, the novelization, they were probably just thinking about, oh, what sounds like jazz but isn't jazz? They probably weren't thinking, like, this will be cheeky.
0: Yeah. They were literally like, this is very clever. But it holds up. It makes sense. It actually comes from the same root. Wow. Even though yeah. it's funny, very funny, it, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah.
1: Um, I don't know, quite interesting tidbit um i'd like to next discuss the various instruments uh, mm-hmm. found in a jizz band before we get into um, okay before we get into the jizz there's, bands themselves there's
0: there's a big band it's like a jazz orchestra isn't it
1: there are so many instruments uh i think the the one we gotta get out the way first is just the instrument called a jizz
0: <laughs> oh what's
2: that
1: uh, it is a long-reeded musical instrument at the core of any jazz
2: band. Well, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the jizz flute, but I'm not seeing it on this list. <laughs> uh, are you perhaps thinking about the
1: slither horn?
2: <laughs> oh, perhaps I am. The or slither is that horn? What? Or the peel rod? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's the slither horn of what uh, the late Droopy McCool played in the Max Reba band.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yes yes it is yes it is yeah well 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 um yeah those two particularly stuck out to me especially peel rods because that just sounds like instructions to make jizz (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) uh, all of these are absolutely filthy um which makes me think that like since the inception of the concept of jizz in star wars people have had a lot of fun with this um Because there is, of course, the jizz box. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That that
2: was a Reddit meme, wasn't
1: it? Oh, God, no. (laughs) No. But uh, the jizz box, there's an interesting quote on Wikipedia uh, from uh, a misadventure C-3PO once had when he auditioned for a band. (laughs) Of of course he did. C-3PO was once on some planet, and he auditioned for the band at some kind of like cantina called, I think, the
2: Wookiee's Codpiece um <laughs> what <laughs> who did this who is responsible for this um i want them hunted down and shot but but C-3- <laughs> oh, God.
1: Um, c-3po auditioned for this band and it wasn't very good so <laughs> the the owner of the cantina uh berated him by saying you sound like a festering jizz box <laughs> I got a festering jizz box right over there in that corner <laughs> presumably d- referring to her husband
2: <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't like the use of the word festering it's disgusting
1: right
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. other notable instruments include the clack beatbox
0: that's
1: all right the clue horn, which is a double
0: reeded wind <laughs> instrument, uh, and the mood synthesizer. Ooh, Ooh. Th- that sounds oddly weird to the re to the Moog, like M O O G, which is a it's, rip brand. It's a direct,
1: just just rip off of that. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I feel I feel like you need a mood synthesizer to get the feeling right before you start to peel rod.
1: Yes, um, mm. before you whip out your your clack b box and start start making noises on it
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: then you fill the jukebox
0: the clack beep box <laughs> um, I've got
2: the list here I don't want to interrupt you but I have to say are you going to mention the plooing sounder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe
1: in the real world that's just called a speaker um,
0: where's the plume, plume sounder <laughs> is, is uh <laughs> oh, is God. what it should be called the plume sounder was a large speaker used to amplify the sounds of the band fill and was thus commonly used in jizz bands
2: <laughs> still funny, still funny.
0: Um.
1: So yes. Uh. Now that we've got an overview of Jizz, it's time to discuss the various um, Jizz bands populating the galaxy. Um. I think we should obviously start with uh mm-hmm. with Max Revo and the Max Revo
0: band. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. the most successful. Um. You could argue the most successful Jizz band to come out of, of that time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. a shame. shame. Aside from, aside from, yeah, the obvious.
1: Such a shame what ended up happening uh, to them. Yeah. Uh, we'll have Max on the show one of these weeks to talk about it when he's ready.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he's got. Uh, he's actually. Uh, he gave me a call earlier. Um, hmm. he, he's. Uh, he's got an Instagram page. If people want oh. to give him a follow, give it a follow. Yeah. What's Which, what, what's it called? And
2: I, I think I saw it pop
0: up earlier. I think it's the real Max Rebo. The real Max Rebo.
2: Uh, give him a follow good, good, for, good for him for reaching out to you that's, that's brave of him I know he's going through a rough time right now
1: yeah go on um, mm-hmm. give him a like give him a subscribe good fellow been through some rough times mm-hmm. um, while you're there uh, you should look up some of his music uh, my personal favourite uh, from from what we have available to us online from the Max Rubo Band is uh, Neck.
2: oh Laptineck Neck. yes
1: Great, really funky piece of jizz. Um, <laughs> It'll get you in a nice... I don't know. You'll be in a good mood when you listen to it, I think. <laughs> it's available on YouTube. If you want to <laughs> give that It, a it says that here
0: it here was mm. one of Si Snootles' favorite songs. Oh, was. Of course, uh, one of the vocalists in the Max Rebo band.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I guess
1: probably the next most prominent and probably the most iconic jizz band for for Star Wars fans is the Cantina band, also known as mm-hmm. Figuring Down in the Modal Nodes. Mm. Um. Every time I read Figuring Down, I read it as Fingering Down, <laughs> which <laughs> really does fit, to be honest. Um yeah the figuring band. down the middle of the road. yeah um it was an all bith music band Bith uh were a, a species I believe right no mm-hmm. so, Yeah, yeah they were yep. yeah they were um, and uh, obviously led by uh by by fingering down himself uh, <laughs> who was a compulsive a compulsive Bith nicknamed fiery
2: fingering down um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a compulsive
2: myth. So he, he couldn't stop being a Beth. He <laughs> could
1: not stop. Uh, also, um, just a brief uh, brief disclaimer. Uh, Fingered down in the modal nodes, they don't do weddings. Um, so oh, really? don't oh, contact oh, sorry, sorry, them. Um, I'm a big fan of their wedding.
2: song, um, Mad About Me. <laughs> How does that their, go again? Their, their hit single, um... I, I can't remember the lyrics, but it's it's something like um <singing> is, that, is that how it goes? Um yeah. We, we, I think we were going into the um into the kind of dubstep remix there towards the end. That was that, that was <laughs> Gerald because um, Gerald was from 2011. He was really into dubstep, if you remember. Yes, um, he put that mistake. I, rem-
0: I remember we covered the dubstep remix once. We did, yeah.
1: Obviously, yep. That performance just now couldn't do justice to it because, as we all know, a jazz band without a bith has its work cut out for it.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Uh,
1: and a jazz band without a cluehorn horn should find a new gig. Uh, it's a popular <laughs> saying amongst aficionados.
2: I am noticing here though that um figuring down and the modal nerds, as well as playing Jizz, they played Jets, despite this being long after the Clone Wars. So they do you think they were they were struggling with that or are they trying to bring it back?
1: I think they're they're connoisseurs of good taste. So they're trying to bring it back.
0: Even though it's turgid? versatile. You yeah. don't get that nickname without I'm being
1: I want a soundbite of Ronan doing that to be like one of our transition sounds going forward <laughs> in, in the podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: Anywho, that's basically the overview of Jizz. Um, I hope it's inspired mm. you to to give some Jizz a listen today mm. or tomorrow. Or,
0: uh, I think there's a lot um, more we can cover in, in future episodes.
1: Yeah, I think especially when we get Max on, he can talk about some of his adventures, mm-hmm. some of the some of those wild days during the mm-hmm. the the Jizz heyday. Um, yeah, he'll
0: be telling us some stories
2: uh, if, if he remembers them. God, that guy was a party animal.
0: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, more that. bands to explore, more instruments, um, more songs. Yes, yeah, so hopefully we can. If if the listeners like, you know, the Jizz chat and the music of the jizz um, culture, the jizz culture, um, then let us know.
1: Um, I will note uh, that uh, some action figures were released of uh, Fingering Down and the modal nodes in 2007. Uh, and the packaging, uh, if, if you have listeners access to these action figures, please note that the packaging has a mistake on it. It refers to the music played by the band as jazz. <laughs>
0: That is incorrect. (laughs) This is incorrect. Um, Silly error, but one we could all make, I I imagine. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, thus the packaging has become quite rare amongst collectors for its uh, its inaccuracy. Um, So if you have it, you can probably sell it for quite a lot. Hmm.
2: But I think you should probably donate that money to the Max Rebo Fund. He could really do with the help right now. Yeah, Yeah, he's 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 finding it hard to jizz at the
1: moment. Yeah, I mean, especially just with uh, worldly circumstances right now, he can't go from town to town jizzing. Yeah, I think we're all finding it hard to
0: jizz, to be honest.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, (laughs) a... That's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to go and listen to Natchy Neck.
0: Latchy Neck, I'd rather. I know just this. quick shout-out to the, the biggest fan of jizz there are, uh, Jabba. They called him Jabba the Jizz Junkie. That's what they called him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was in
2: quite a late draft that they changed it to The Hut. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> mab- um, now we move on to recommendation
0: start. Uh, I can go first. Sure. Um I recently just watched I just finished the first season of a French uh TV show that's on Netflix called Call My Agent. Um it's Oh yes. So I have seen, I've seen you sharing that on mm. Instagram. It's a comedy drama about set in a, in an acting actors agency like um in Paris. It's in French with subtitles. If you don't know French, like moi, Um, um, and it's kind of it follows the lives of these group of agents and how they deal with actors. And I don't. I up until the end of season one, I didn't really recognise many of the actors. But it turns out these actor these actors are are real actors who are playing. Alternate versions versions of themselves, which makes mm. it even better. Mm. Um, oh, that's great. And they kind of, yeah, it's kind of how that how these agents um, deal with the actors' is issues, um, the issues in the industry, uh, their personal lives. Um, super funny, uh, really intense. And I think the the creator or one of the writers used to be. An agent factors. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so it's coming. It's like written from like a position of
0: yeah. If, experience. It feels yeah. It feels very devil um, devil wears Prada kind of um, environment, where it's so intense. Um, you know, you have no personal life. It's work, 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 and you kind of it's one of those like my work is my life kind of environments, and it's so it brings out a lot of um, intensity, but also comedy as well it's really funny um just a great show the, the music's great
1: yeah uh ronan what do you have to recommend for us this week
2: uh so i've been watching cobra kai oh, oh um which i i was furious at the concept of at first so for those of you who don't know cobra kai is a direct sequel to the karate kid Set in the modern day with all the original actors, uh, and it was oh. originally made for YouTube Red, uh, which was a, a failed experiment, I think. Did, oh uh, yeah, so about that. yeah, and I'm not sure who actually cares about the Cartney Kid these days. Uh,
0: I think it's quite uh, uh, so. It's it's quite old. It's, it was a, early 80s now? Mm-hmm, yeah, I think it's. I think it, for the people of that generation, it's a big film for them. But it's not really... I think it's big in the States. It's way bigger in the States than it is
2: right? Yeah. In the UK.
0: Well, so anyway, so I, I went in
2: despising the idea. I refused to watch it for a bit on principle because who who would think this is a good idea to make for YouTube Red? Um, and I'm furious just to discover that it's so fucking good. <laughs> Did you have to watch the original films to get it? Okay, so um, so my, my girlfriend actually got really, really into it Right before I did, she made me watch it. Um, yeah. uh, so she made me watch Karate Kid's parts one, two, and three before watching Cobra Kai. And it's not necessary, but it definitely helps because so many characters show up um, uh, from so the original. That, they get they yeah. get everyone back. And every, every new character showing up is extra rewarding if you have
0: seen the Karate Kid part three where that character's in it. It must be great if, if you were there when it came out and there's special films to you, because I know they're special films for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then seeing all those people return. I, if I'm not mistaken, the the original, what's the word? Instructor? Mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi. He's, di- he's died. The actor died. Yeah, yeah the actor died um, so, around 2007, I think. Does his character come back? With another actor, or is, or is his character died?
2: No, uh, his, his character's died because it's set in the modern day, so it makes sense that his character, who was an old man in the eighties, yeah. is now dead, and so now, um, now the Karate Kid, as as an adult, is struggling to fill his shoes and figure out how he wants to be wants to be a sensei. Um, yeah. But what's really good about it is that the Karate Kid is not really the main character. Uh, the villain from the first film, like the antagonist, the other kid. He's the main character, uh, because the main kid has gone on and become super successful and is great and is living his best life. but the kid he beat up in the first film, who was the villain, is just an absolute loser and hates his life and everything sucks uh, and and he is oh he's such a good character, but he's just an awful person mm-hmm. but he's the main character Uh, so he has all these moments where he's like oh yes i know what i need to do and uh good dramatic music is playing and go oh wow yes let's follow this character he's gonna and he's gonna yes take this big new step except it's just an awful decision everything he's doing is just a terrible terrible idea there's like three seasons of it yeah yeah um season two has a bit of a dip um but it's still good but one and three are brilliant are they still is it still running right? Uh, Still running, yep. Uh, So season three came out uh, pretty recently, uh, I think around Christmas. That's when it blew up, right? Season. I think so, yeah, because that's when it moved to Netflix. Mm. Fergus, Um,
1: recommendation. Yeah, so uh, I treated myself to a new video game, Mm. um, which I don't normally buy games like right when they come out anymore, because shit's expensive, but Mm, had a bit of money saved up, decided to buy that new Hitman game. Hitman Three. Oh, yes, uh, I'm about halfway through it now, and it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. It's um, uh, it's like a stealth action game, um, mm. but not like in the same vein as Metal Gear, where you're actually hiding all the time. It's just you putting on silly costumes and disguising yourself, basically, and it's so so satisfying Um, when you pull off a kill. It is really cool. Um, So basically, I'm about halfway through now, as I mentioned, I just did... There's this mission it's set in like a club in Berlin, like an underground like rave or something. Nice. Uh, And there's lots of opportunities there to like disguise yourself as people. Um, I pulled off one of the kills by disguising myself as um, like... I don't know, like a juice vendor or something like that. And then the guy comes along who you're supposed to kill one of them. Uh, and you can like poison his juice uh, so that he, he he goes off and, you know, if you get the right kind of poison, he dies. Um, but I didn't have that because there's multiple types of poison could in you, the game. So you end
0: up just. Could you repeat that? You're getting, you cut off the...
1: oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I don't know, th- there's so much freedom in the game in terms of how you pull off the assassination. So you can just go straight up to people and like snap an X, for example, mm-hmm. or you can get really creative with it. So in this particular example, I, I uh, knocked out like this person who worked in a juice van
0: mm.
1: or something like that and then took their disguise and then gave the guy who you're supposed to kill some poisoned juice. But it was the wrong kind of poison. So instead of dying immediately, he just starts like throwing up and finding a place to like, you know, go and do that in private. Then you just sneak up behind them and you get them. It's just there's there's nothing more satisfying than pulling it off and and uh, super thrilling when it's like oh shit somebody's coming this way they'll see the body then I'll be compromised better hide the body in this uh, in this bin or something like that it's just uh, so much fun always been a big fan of Hitman games um, since I was like fourteen I played Hitman Blood Money. And this is just that, but on modern hardware. So there's just so much shit going on. So good. Nice. I would recommend. Yeah, I, I
2: played. I played a bit of um, one and two. I, th- I think I had the demo for two, um, but I didn't have. I didn't have enough time with it to get any good in it and kind of learn the systems to play and know what I should and shouldn't do. So only ever had, yeah, a little bit of time with it. Um, and my principal memory of it is sneaking onto this boat. And and I'm trying to kill a guy on this boat, uh, but just blundering at every step, and eventually just uh, just wearing a high vis vest, uh, stuffed in a bathroom, holding a body, praying that the door doesn't open. <laughs> <laughs> and then the door opened, and there were about five men standing there with guns. I went, "Oh, please, please, no!" <laughs> it's so
1: it's so silly because, um, like, the whole aim of the game is like disguise yourself. But Agent 47, who you play as, is the, the like, most conspicuous-looking person in <laughs> any situation. He's like just, just a scary-looking bald motherfucker with a barcode <laughs> tattooed. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you'll be in a situation where it's, like, I, I don't know, like, um, the level I'm on right now is, like, set in China. So, like, most of the NPCs are, like, Chinese. And it's just like Agent forty like a really tall, like bald white man. He <laughs> <Just like, laughs> disguised himself as like working in in this noodle restaurant. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, this is this is normal. Yeah.
2: Oh, he's wearing he's wearing a paper hat. Yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He works here. I see him I see him all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was reading here, it says, so this is Hitman three. but there's there's two like versions there's the original hitman in 2000 and -hmm. then there's another hitman in 2016 so did they just re
1: it's kind of like a soft reboot like the story has never been really that important in the hitman games it's mainly just like setting you up in scenarios like in sandbox kind of worlds where it's like okay you've got this target and you've got complete freedom of how to do it and Mm it's it's really good at establishing that sense of freedom um because of the disguise system and all that stuff. Um, like, there's, like, different paths you can take. And uh, depending on which disguise you're wearing, you can get access to different areas. And, uh, like, I don't know, the classic is, like, disguise yourself as the person's personal chef and then poison the meal. And then, mm. you know, they get get poisoned and die. Or, um, I don't know, the first mission from this one is, is in, like like this skyscraper in dubai and you've got two targets and uh the first guy you can disguise yourself as his bodyguard um and uh i don't know he, he takes you around on a little mission um to walk around the place with him and to try and prove that you're actually his bodyguard he makes you like i don't know throw these knives at a target or something like that you can just throw a knife straight at him that's it it's done <laughs> It's nice. it's so funny. And the, the NPCs, like the AI is so dumb. Like but just like the right amount of dumb. Like it's still challenging, but like I don't know, you can be like just like literally um like pressed up against a wall, crouched down, walking around and people will just like walk by look at you and be like, Oh yeah. And then just like walk past you. <laughs> it's so good.
2: Yeah, this makes sense.
1: Yes, this this of course, yeah uh the best one so far has been like the second mission uh where it's kind of like a who it it's a bit like knives out mm uh, great i don't know it's like mansion in like scotland uh and it now it's literally just like um highlands low no low morals um Ronan Ronan's, available uh, now
2: for purchase yeah
1: um great murder mystery um but you can like i don't know disguise yourself as the private investigator uh who's going in and then just like walk like if you free reign to like just like walk around the mansion and like dig up everyone's dirty secrets so like an optional side objective is find out who actually committed the murder that the private investigator was there to solve or you can just use that as a license to like sneak into someone's bathroom and like and I'll put a toaster in the bathtub or something like that and then they'll oh. go they'll go and take a bath and somehow not see the toaster and then <laughs> and just die and that's
0: it mm, that's weird
1: that's so weird. <laughs> wonder what that's doing there anyway anyway <laughs> oh, mm. great and that brings us to the end of the show I have a question for you gentlemen though mm. did we get to the bottom of our grand
2: mystery Ooh. why we get Shwesty <sighs> mm. Nah, I think closer and closer every time, yeah. Definitely, def- we're, on the right path. we're on the right path. I think, I think, you
1: know. I think maybe, uh, something, something along the lines there, uh, during that jizz talk, mm. um, perhaps
2: Max Rebo can uh, shed further uh, light, yeah. Maybe Max Rebo can help us find out why we get tracedy. I think if we find out why Max Rebo gets shwaystie
1: that's
2: that's something I've been
1: kind of wrestling with is I might be able to find out why I get shwaystie at some point down the line Mm. but I think it could be different for every person Mm -hmm. definitely is but I guess we'll just have to wait and see definitely this has been why we get Schwasty. I'm Fergus Allen Felipe Franco Ronan Jennings thank you Thank you. See you next week.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.